For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It is September 14th, 2021. NXT 2.0. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn 2.0. Joined by Alfred Kanawa and Issa, NYC Demon Diva. A new era for NXT. So much to talk about tonight. Um, yeah. So many reactions. So so many changes. So many things that weren't that different. Yet, this is a new era. Alfred, you first. What did you think about NXT 2.0? And I like that update. I'm actually Alfred 3.0 because I am Alfred oh. Wimakula, the third. <laughs> which does make me out for 3.0. So it's glad uh, to be joined by 2.0. I thought that the production-wise, the way it looked, I thought it was much improved in terms of how it looked compared to that CWC they were in last time. Much easier to watch. Uh, it, it was up and down for me. Uh, mostly I was entertained, uh, uh, mostly because of the last segment. Uh, but I did like the show. I did not hate the new NXT. There are a lot of people who uh, I was not familiar with, especially in prominent positions. Uh, but I did not hate it. I thought that it was uh, more favorable than not in terms of watching this entire show. Isa? Uh, I am Isa111.023. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought it was fun. I thought at the beginning, I, I, I liked the set a lot. I liked the colors. It felt like when you start doing a stream and you're like on the budget ring light, but then you start doing better and you buy the better ring light and everything looks so much better on your stream. That's what it felt like. You know, I could relate to that moment. It was fun. It was colorful. I, I do think there was a couple of things that made me kind of like scratch my head, but I thought it was a fun episode to watch. And production wise, I did think NXT needed a little makeover because we, we've been bitching about how it felt like we were still in the pandemic era watching NXT. It didn't feel that way tonight. So at least they have that going for them. Yes. But it, And we'll, we'll get to the news before we get into this, but it really felt first thought was like somebody high up said, oh, it just needs a fresh coat of paint. And they were like, okay, so we're just going to put paint everywhere, guys. I think that's what the old man wants. Like <laughs> it was really all over the place tonight with the color and using that effect. Uh, very, very new production design. In some ways, it felt bigger. I thought the entrance screens felt a lot bigger yeah. and a lot cooler. I really but, like that. but the 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 bowl, 
the uh, the little arena and the seats around there made it feel smaller. I thought a little more like a high school or college gymnasium, uh, like a little auditorium where you watch amateur wrestling almost. I could see that, but I in terms see that. of shooting the crowd, I liked how they did shoot the crowd. And you could see a lot of people in those shots, so it actually looked like people were around. Because before, you really weren't able to see very many people oh, there, and they always no. seemed kind of off into the distance. So I did like how they shot the people, and it did remind me because I do watch a, a lot of NWA and how they shoot that soundstage. It kind of reminded me of that setup, which I'm a really big fan of. I like how they do it there, and uh, but I do agree that it was kind of a weird setup in terms of the bowl. But I, I did think it was much improved. Hmm. There we go. How's that? Now my mic's coming through correct. There you are. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Take it from the top. No. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was different. The, like last week and before, it looked like uh, the uh, Ridley Scott Apple 1984 commercial, like with all the underlighting. Now, the challenge is this audience setup, if they do not have a full audience, that audience is not wild, it's going to look like, have you ever gone to, like, a high school wrestling competition on a weekend? I competed in many of them. Uh, I got pinned in many of them in high school. And let me tell you, oh, those are not well-attended affairs, and it, it looks it. So, yeah, they really, really, really need to make sure that they keep the crowd alive. So I thought that was good. But, hey, let's hop into the news, and then let's get into this. We're going to talk about a fantastic ending. We're going to talk about a new champion. We're going to talk about a tease for a character that could become – the focal, not if not the focal point of XT, the focal point of this podcast, probably for years to come. So much to discuss, but Alfred, first, what's going on in the news? Oh, well, uh, plenty going on in the news. Of course, last night on WWE Raw, I saw one of the best moments of the year when Big E won the WWE Championship from Bobby Lashley. The title went black to black for the first time ever. And uh, Big E had teased early on in the day where he put on Twitter that he's going to be cashing in money in the bank. Uh, and that ended up being exactly what happened. WWE kind of hot-shotting this storyline in terms of Big E, who was previously on SmackDown, going to Raw. And the ratings, unfortunately, came back. And up against the NFL, nothing is stopping that. They had a great game between the Ravens and the Raiders. And uh, Raw suffered as a result, down 10% to $1.670 million on the USA Network, according to Brandon Thurston. It really makes you think if WWE hadn't hot-shotted or hadn't had anything big uh, to that effect, the number they'd be doing, uh, they did 556,000, I believe, in 18 to 49, which kind of sets the stage for potentially AEW to once again come in there and eclipse Raw. But uh, what did you guys think of the moment in terms of Big E and this uh, viewership number, starting with Issa? I absolutely love Big E winning. Um, I think it came down to, I, I counted with the referee because until he actually won it, I didn't think they were going to go through with it. So I literally counted like one, two, three, and then it was like, oh my God, did he just win. I thought we were I thought we were getting worked with the tweet, with everything going on. Um, such a big moment. And like you said, it going from Bobby Lashley to Big E just felt so historic. And, and yeah. the overall pouring of love for Big E online just goes to show you what the impact that he has backstage and with his peers and co-workers. That being said, I didn't think that WWE did this to pop a rating. I think WWE was expecting to lose at least 10% of their audience due to Monday Night Football coming back. Mm. I heard in different, you know, news medias today that this could have been just a response. So USA Network wanted to be treated equally to Fox because Fox mm. got one hell of a show last Friday. Well, so I yeah. would assume USA Network is going to say, what are you going to do for us? And WWE delivered. And it was it was an awesome moment. I didn't care how we got to it. I'm just glad that we got to it. And the cashing was successful in Big East, the WWE champ. I just like to think there's someone at USA 
that calls Vince McMahon after yeah. every Saturday morning on the weekend and says, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> right? Like, we've been on the network for 30 years. What have you done for me lately? We put up all those good ratings. What have you done for me lately? Sorry, I'm butchering an Eddie Murphy routine. Uh, but that's how I hear it in my head. Mm -hmm. Very good, Glenn. So there you go. And, um, <laughs> and before we move on, a couple other story notes. This is the second all-black WWE title match in history. The first yeah. also happened in 2021 when it was Big or Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley in that squash match. First black Money in the Bank winner this year. First two black women to main event WrestleMania, of course. And then the, the PWI top 500, the top 10, had two black performers, Bobby Lashley and Rich Swan, for the first time ever. So 2021, a landmark year for black wrestlers as long as you're not in AEW. Uh, moving on to our next news item, NXT 2.0. <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we uh, have a rebranding. These next two stories are actually kind of interrelated, so I'll say them together. NXT is now called NXT 2.0 moving forward. That is a new revamp. <laughs> of it's called NXT 2.0. And also, <laughs> Pete Dunn is uh, signed a three-year contract with NXT to stay. So what do you guys think about the new name? And uh, Pete Dunn as uh, a long-term WWE employee after his contract came up this year. Well, you know they just gave him whatever the money took because they couldn't have the headline, Dunn is done in NXT. <laughs> they had to avoid that. Oh, man. See, now I, I want him to Oh, man. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> if I were him, I would have left just for that reason alone. <laughs> oh my god that's good that's good Lisa <laughs> how about you I, I feel that Pig Dunn is a WWE guy I don't know why I just didn't even when the news came up of his contract being up he's not someone that I even speculated about him leaving especially with WWE NXT if he wants to go home the opportunity is there with WWE where he might not get that anywhere else so I never really thought about him going elsewhere I did think the news being released today was going to lead to a different result but we'll get into the show later on. yeah they, they swerved yeah. us with that a little bit <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That's the, news. That's the news. Oh, there's so much to talk about tonight. First off, NXT 2.0. If you played a drinking game and took a shot every time they said that tonight, you would have been having your stomach pumped 15 minutes into the show. Yeah. I mean, talk about driving something into the ground. I'm not calling it NXT 2.0 every time. Me <laughs> neither. I will never do that. Never. It's by the way, it's still the WB. I'm not down with the CW thing. I'll say WB or UPN interchangeably. I'm not on yeah. board with the CW. 20 years, whatever, set in my no. ways. Yeah, it'll never be the CW to me either. <laughs> yes. Uh, but man, they're really putting this over tonight. I mean, uh, we're going to get the behind the scenes news about this. I'm sure. I'm positive. Let me, let me just tell you the, the backstage scoops you're going to hear this week. I can predict it. From, from the dirt sheets, as it were, is going to be Vince McMahon and WWE creatives were, were very happy with the direction of, of Tuesday night. Well, yeah, because, like, their fingerprints all over it. All over it, yeah. All over it. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to gonna fire this shot and say that um, this is what NXT was back in 2012. Like, this felt very much like, remember back with Vicky and Biggie and with uh, uh, with Seth and his feud with Jinder, and they had all that stuff going on back then. It was a fast-moving yes. show with a lot of strong characters. And yes. that's back when Triple H didn't have free reign. 
like he was he was uh, tightly uh, controlled by uh, by the WWE higher ups who had their hand in it. And I think that we're still going to have the indie riffic style of wrestling, but this what they're doing. AEW is no longer their competition with this. They are trying to make a show that's going to appeal to people that you're like, oh yeah, I hear there's some really good like uh, technical wrestlers and indie talent, these guys and kids that can go. But this felt very, very much like if if Vince McMahon and Bruce and uh, the powers that be took over booking AEW and was like, okay, first off, we got to cut the match times down. This is too much. We need more matches, more talent. Nobody knows who half these people are. We got to get them out there, get them in front of the crowd. See who's getting a pop. See who's getting a reaction. We need more segments. We need more comedy. We need this. And then we have the big match that we send them home with. Although tonight they had the wedding after, but uh, it felt very, very much like the product we were seeing nine years ago with NXT debut. Yeah, I agree. I that it does. Yeah. That, that, and that's kind of what I thought about when I saw how it was set up. It did remind me of that 2012 era NXT where Seth Rollins was the champion and whatnot. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It kind of reminded well, me of FCW yeah. and parts of FCW when uh, they used to have that kind of local TV deal and how that was set up, but a little nicer production. And I really don't have a problem with that. I feel like it was uh, it was much like WWE, but a little more disciplined in terms of how the writing and in terms of connecting it with the wrestling and whatnot. So it was less indie-rific, I'll give you that, but a lot of new faces that I think they're still establishing. And I, I did not have a problem with uh, the kind of layout of this show. Yeah, yeah, I personally thought that NXT felt like a developmental brand tonight. And yes. there's nothing wrong with that because ultimately that's what NXT is supposed to be. And it felt that way. You know, a lot of highlighting new people that we don't know about and, and taking the time for you to get invested in them. Good for them. I mean, they are a developmental and we don't have anybody right now for Biggie. We don't have anybody right now for Roman Reigns. So why not start developing some people in NXT, which is what it was, you know, meant to be to begin with. And um, there were a lot of talents tonight. I know no clue who they were. I'm Googling, trying to find yeah. out who is this person on the indies? What did they do before? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like I have some loose idea of who some of the talents are. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I was in the dark on this. Uh, Bad Keith Gaming $2 Super Chat saying WWE Dark Evolution wasn't ah! bad. <laughs> this was a fast show tonight, man. This was a fast show tonight. The first 90 minutes of this until we got to that four-way championship match flew by. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There was a lot happening. I felt like I was working really hard to keep up with all that was happening. I felt like a lot was being thrown at me and you didn't get a lot of uh, chances to breathe, but kind of in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Jody Shauna Jenkins, Canadian $5 saying to me, 2.0 is creating workers that won't know any different the WWE way, which is turn, which in turn will hinder the desire to go elsewhere. I mean, there'll definitely be more loyalty if that's all they've ever known. Yeah, there will be a right. standard in their mind in terms of what wrestling is and what it should be, and that's how they're going to operate. And it could help them, but it could hurt them, too, especially if they leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so tonight we opened with – this was interesting. Braun Breaker uh, challenging L.A. Knight. So Braun Breaker – who was he formerly? Bronson Reich, uh, Steiner? What, yeah, what is that name? Bron Breaker? What is that? I'm sorry. I hated that name. <laughs> yeah, and I hated that they didn't like they didn't keep the Steiner name. This is Rick Steiner's kid. And I mean, he looks yeah. every bit the part. And what's uncanny about him, he sounds exactly like a young Scott Steiner. This yeah. is exactly what Scott Steiner uh, sounds like if you watch those old like uh, 90s superstars. So it's crazy. But yeah, they're calling mm -hmm. him Bron Breaker. Um, not very popular on Twitter. And uh and they didn't make one mention of the fact, I don't think, that he's Rick Steiner's kid. They did say dog-faced gremlin at some point, but they refused. There was some kind of, you know, gag order on saying the words Rick Steiner on commentary, which is so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was an interesting way to start the show, especially because LA Knight in that Fatal 4-Way Championship match. I thought they were opening with the championship at first. Me too. When LA Knight came out, I, I even said, I'm like, wait, we're opening with this? Which is okay if you were going to close with the wedding. It, I almost wish they would have not put them back to back and open yeah. with one and close with the other. But I did think they were going to open with the Fatal 4-Way, which shook me. And then I didn't know what was going on. So I felt a little lost for like the first two minutes. It also doesn't help that I started the show and I was on the wrong channel. Long story. <laughs> oh, well. Well, what were you watching at first? Uh... I was watching, I was on TNT and it was like the beginning of a movie and it looked like the apocalypse have your, had just happened. So I thought that it was part of NXT and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting story. <laughs> and then I realized I'm not even watching the right channel. I thought... <laughs> I turned the channel LA Knight is fighting this guy and I'm like, what is happening? I was like, so out wow, of it. this is a big budget intro. They're really Yeah, setting I was this like, up. oh my God. <laughs> really a new era. And then I'm like, wait, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh but Braun Breaker got the win. Yeah, tough night for LA Knight, man. I, I thought, you know, there's yeah. a lot of the persecution complex. People were saying, oh, he's just going to come back and win. Which, listen, in the old NXT, they did beat Ilya Dragunov before having him win a world title. So this necessarily wouldn't be a WWE thing. This would be an NXT thing. They love beating people and having them win immediately after. Uh, so I was thinking this is either going to be the worst night of his career or the best night of his career. And, and this is not good that he lost this, didn't get an entrance, no. and uh, spoiler alert, lost again. Settler Justin Lopez 2.0 with a 499 super chat. Braun Breaker is an atrocious name. I'm never calling him that. There was a report to be called Rex Steiner, and they decided to go with this. He capitalized this. You guys Rex Steiner would have been a great name. Yeah, Rick Steiner is great. I just I just wish they would have put the Steiner name in there. I mean, he dresses like his dad, he works like his dad. Like, come on, yeah. take the final step and brand this guy. I just don't like and history's not very kind to these second generation stars who are given these wacky names like Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, Imperium tonight, Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner. Probably they that was one of their cooler entrances tonight with just the two of them. They looked really good with that new setup coming into the ring tonight to face Brooks Jensen. Now, uh, who are Brooks Jensen? I mean, they sound like a country western duo. Oh, they do. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Brooks Jensen actually sounds like a country it. singer, right? Like, Right? One of them's Briggs from the tournament, from the breakout tournament, Josh Briggs. Oh, who's I always think is the Yeti. That's why they had to change. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone was thinking Yeti Nation was coming back, and they're sorely disappointed like I am every time he shows up, and you think, oh, different Josh. Um, but Imperium got the win over Brooks Jensen. What did you think of the okay. match, Issa? The match was a lot of fun. I agree with you. I love seeing Imperium come out, just the two of them. I thought they had a really good entrance. I really, really like that entrance area of the new set in general. It just feels like such a much bigger deal than the CWC little tiny ramp, you know? And the match was a lot of fun. It was great action. I think Imperium is going to be in the tag title picture at some point soon. They have to be, right? So it's good to see them get another win. And let me just say this as a TV viewer. Tell me if you feel the same way about this, Alfred. I don't care who the talent is i don't care what my first impression is i don't care if i want to make fun of their name or i think their entrance music is dumb or i'm just not excited for it if the match lasts for less than five minutes and we move on i'm i'm in i'm more yeah. forgiving 
I, and I yeah. say that uh, star power will decide if I'm not, but as a rule of thumb, the five minutes, especially on TV, is a good rule. And for a team like Imperium, with all due respect to them, uh, WWE doesn't give me a reason to care about them beyond the Walters. So even though I can acknowledge they're a good tag team and this, you know, looks fine, five minutes was about right for this. And I was very surprised that it was Imperium who was being spotlighted mm-hmm. because this is a new NXT. These are two guys who are new guys who they gave uh, like an inset promo to to kind of build up who they were. And then they went yeah. and lost pretty quickly. Um, but it was good. And I think, you know, maybe to, to your point, Alfred, that's the point. If we start seeing people in five minute matches, it's a lot easier to be excited to see them in 10 minute matches than watch them and take over main events, you know, or like save the long matches for the main event of the show and the takeover. I mean, I think that was a problem with how NXT went too much trying to compete with AEW is we were having these shows with like multiple matches that went on 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. And that's just, that's a lot, man. That's a lot in a two hour show. Um, B-Fab, Brianna Brandy versus Katrina Cortez. B-Fab getting a simple win, but then having uh, a uh, face-off with Electro Lopez after. First off, uh, Alfred, what did you think of the match, and then what did you think of the, the promo after? It was it was fine. It was good. I mean, they, they did, like to your point earlier, they kept this relatively short, but so what they short. allowed uh, B-Fab to do, I thought she looked really good and unique, and I just like how she has those long limbs that she's going to be able to use in like different ways. And I do think that this is a type of act that can connect with people, you know, like, especially in the ring in terms of her finding her own unique way to wrestle. And um, I think she's pretty promising. And, and I like the fact that her and Electra are being kind of promoted as these two heavies who are going to go against each other from the two different factions. Yeah, I am 100% here for all this faction adding a women <laughs> muscle to their factions. Like we saw another one later on, we'll talk about it. So I'm 1000% here for women being part of the factions. B5 look awesome. I love that even her in-ring gear showed that swag, that unique swag that she has going on for her. She looked incredible. I thought it was, I didn't know what to expect from her in the ring and I thought she was well protected by then giving giving her that short win in which she looked good. You're still kind of like not too sure what all she can do because it was yeah. such a fast match and I love um, Electra being like I don't know, she almost feels like the Shina of Legado del Fantasma. You know, she's just their muscle and she's here to kick butt. I'm loving this feud. I forgot about them and Hit Row, and I'm here for these two women going at it and kicking ass. Yeah. Now, this is going to be great. This feud is going to be great. Yeah. Hit Row still come across like superstars. They made the most of their minutes tonight. Um, man, I want them to have all the gold. Just straight across. We might have to do it, yeah. you know... Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think uh, I think that's where it's at. This was very hot yeah. tonight. Really, really like that. Uh, Cameron Grimes backstage. Surprisingly light on the Grimes tonight. Yeah, he, yeah, he was just kind of like a supporting character in the grand scheme of things. But I thought he was good when they did showcase him. Yeah, telling you, telling you, he could be main roster bound. I could see it, could see it mm-hmm. happening. But they went the other way tonight. Damian Priest making a cameo appearance. Yeah, you're super over. <laughs> Pop, pop for that. You need a priest for a wedding, and priest is like, that's just my name. I'm just here to party. I've never related to a line in professional wrestling like I did that one. <laughs> I'm, just here for, I'm just here to party. Where's the alcohol? Yes, mood, please. <laughs> so Carmelo Hayes was out with Trick Williams, and basically this was interesting. At first he was saying like Trick was was a security, almost making it seem like someone could steal the contract. He won in the NXT breakout right. tournament, giving him yeah. a title shot. But then, based on how Trick was reacting, I was like, are they setting this up already? Like, I was like, oh, Trick's going to be the one that betrays him. If that contract could be stolen, Trick is stealing that contract. Like, that's all I was thinking for half this promo. 
I mean, if we're going to go by what WWE have taught us, the contract doesn't even need to be stolen. Somebody can yeah. just sign it before you do, yeah. and then that person gets the match. That's what John Cena taught us a few weeks ago. So, you know, if I was him, I would hire security to make sure nobody else has a pen. That's what we oh, need security for. Confiscate yeah. all the pens. <laughs> um, or, blue, or blue Sharpies. <laughs> yeah, but what do, you, what do you think of this promo the two of them cut, Lisa? I mean, I thought, it was, I thought it was okay. I really just want Carmelo Hayes to just finally make up his mind and let's just get into that program, you know what I mean? But good for him to make it. I, have, I feel like this breakout tournament has turned into NXT Money in the Bank briefcase, right? Like he's making yeah. the most out of it. He's trying to tease all of these things. And maybe that's what they're trying to go for. So if that's the case, I'm here for it because he can loom around any of the champions right now. You really don't know which direction he's going to go. But at the same time, I feel like he's starting to feel a little bit lost. So what are we going to do with this? And as Headlock Heels pointing out, uh, he was bringing back Master P's bout about it tonight. Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's what. I, here's what I liked about Trick Williams is he seemed like a goon, like a street goon. That's exactly what they're going for. Like Glenn thinks he's going to steal pens. Like this guy does seem like he's a guy who would be like a heavier whatnot. But I feel like it's kind of awkward positioning because Carmelo Hayes is already charismatic. He can already cut a promo. Yeah. I think I don't think he's the type of guy who needs a, a character to be with him because Trick that Williams did almost like Chabatty. But Trick Williams does seem like a guy too who by himself they could each uh, be quite potent or whatnot, but I felt like it was a little weird to put them together. I have yeah. said that I really did like Trick Williams's uh, charisma. I thought that uh, he showed to be very entertaining in his brief moments. It did seem weird how they were trying to explain that too. I think something might've been gotten mixed up or whatnot, because I don't yeah. know if that is a new stipulation that like you can steal yeah. the contract of the breakout tournament, but uh, that, that was a little confusing to me too. And what was up with Trick dropping gift to gab, gift to jab? Like, Oof. Yeah, <laughs> and then commentary repeating it. It's like, oh, if only there'd been someone in NXT and WWE who ran that catchphrase into the ground, bringing <laughs> that back tonight. Very yeah. odd. Very odd. And then they were interrupted by Duke Hudson, uh, who made his way down the ramp. So I mean, they're they're, uh, and then they they beat up uh, Duke Hudson. Yeah, that was weird. I thought you know Duke Hudson would be somebody who would be like a big part of this new NXT. Not that he's buried or anything like that, but I was very surprised to see Duke Hudson of all people uh, just kind of get cast aside like that in this role. <laughs> Could you imagine backstage? So Duke, we got a big segment for you to go out tonight. You know, Carmelo won that NXT breakout tournament. He's going to be out there with Trick on a promo. You're going to go out there and confront him. Oh, I'm going to cut a promo back and we're going to start a long feud. No, he and Trick are going to beat the crap out of you, like double team you and stomp you down and then we'll go off. <laughs> but you're part of the show. Yeah, welcome to NXT <laughs> 2.0, baby. Yeah. Two point oh, you get man. beaten up by two guys. That's it. Instead of one person beating you down, two guys beat you up. But that makes you look strong because it took two guys to beat you yeah. down. So therefore, the audiences can do their math and you're saying a one-on-one -on -one situation, you bar trick from ringside, and then you've got a fighting chance. Like That's how you get them over. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter took on Gigi Dolan and JC Jane tonight. And uh this was Stopped by DQ when we saw the new Mandy Rose. Mandy, looking like her evil twin with brunette hair, uh, showed up tonight, debuted a new look and a new viciousness in the ring. Alfred, how are you feeling about the new Mandy Rose? How do you feel about Mandy Rose 2.0? Uh, I think it lacks in... <laughs> that's very good. It lacks in storyline continuity. If you've been following the storyline, 
it seems to me they're suggesting that the cure to Randy, Mandy Rose's broken nose was for her to just dye her hair. And now her nose is fine. Her face isn't broken anymore after just a couple of weeks. Everything's fine. Sheamus has been wearing this mask for, what, a month and a half or whatnot. Uh, yet it seemed to suggest that there's magical healing, healing powers behind her hair changing. So I didn't like this at all, that this is the payoff to her getting kicked in the face by Sarai, having to wear a mask to protect her broken nose. And now it's kind of retconned where, no, 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 she's fine, but her hair is different. I think it's like a grease situation and Frenchie gave her a makeover and now she's got a new attitude. Uh, okay, but then how many times are we going to do that with Mandy Rose? Because I recall Sonia Deville cutting her beautiful blonde hair and her debuting a new look and it was all about the hair. Mandy True. Rose's hair journey does not get talked a lot, like about <laughs> enough. Because even I tweeted that and even USA Network is like, we have time to talk about it. They responded to my tweet because I'm like, why are we not talking about how every time there's a new Mandy Rose, it's just a new haircut. And I get it. Listen, it's expensive to get your hair done and die professionally. So maybe she just wants to make a big deal about it because she probably paid hundreds. But I was I was underwhelmed. I, I like her blonde and I like her with the long hair extension. So listen, a lot of people like Brunette, um, Mandy Rose, so to each their own. I just thought it was going to be so much more than just a die job. You know, well, like the way they made it sound backstage, like you look so amazing, this and then, and then she just comes out with the brown hair. I'm like, that. that's it? <laughs> I thought you were going to be bald. Yeah, or like have a face tattoo yeah. or something like aggressive. Um, face tattoo? I don't know. Oh, it made it seem, I, I was really bracing myself for like, they're going to go batshit effing crazy. I, yeah, I thing. thought she was going to come out looking like Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala last night when she had that black mask black. over her whole face. Like, that's what I was expecting. Oh, that, that would have been uh, interesting, the reactions. But uh, Saray <laughs> came out uh, to fight off Manny and then it turned into a three-on-three -three match with Manny, Gigi, and JC. And he felt so, so produced by Vince McMahon. Like, as soon as we come back from from the break, we have a six-woman tag. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like Teddy Long and SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ridge Holland beat up Drake Maverick. Why not? And yeah, here's the thing. I was wondering why Drake Maverick couldn't why? be the one instead of Duke Hudson to get beat up by Carmelo and uh, Trick Williams. But then it turned out it's because he's too busy getting beat up by Rich Holland. So poor Drake Maverick. And why was Drake Maverick on Raw? There was no mention of that. He was on Raw in the 24-7 title like segment. Yeah. And now he's over here getting beat up. Like maybe he's trying to go for the 24-7 so he doesn't have to get beat up like 2.0 beat up style. I don't know. I feel like that 24-7 division is turning into something where they're just going to throw like a random wild card person there to get people yeah. training and talking. Like they did it with Jeff Hardy, Drake Maverick, maybe Ted DiBiase will show up in the 24-7 division one day. But they just need to keep putting some wild card person in there. Yep. <laughs> Aricelli Bernardo, $2, saying Rick Sanderson was so handsome. Wow, I went the, with the heart and the lovey eyes. Heart eye emojis. She means it. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, oh, what, let's let's talk about this mask first because we're going to debut what's going to be the new dominant theme of this podcast for the foreseeable future. Let's uh, talk about the Creed Brothers versus Dan Jarman yes! and Trevor Skelly. Go! If they have to ever take the WWE title off of Big E, uh, and take the Universal title off Roman Reigns. I want each of the Creed brothers to have one of those titles. That should <laughs> be that. WWE's long-term plan. Is Julius Creed, that. Universal Champion. Brutus Creed, 
WWE champion if they must take it off Biggie. No, no, no hurry. No. No, you had me until you say Roman Reigns dropping the title. You lost me right then and there. <laughs> well, the Creed Brothers won. They're rolling with Diamond Mine now. So Malcolm Bivens was putting them over uh, heartily. And then we have the newest member, Ivy Nile, a former Titan Games competitor. So we've got a woman in the Diamond Mine. Yeah. And you were talking about the muscle, the muscle. This was muscles. Like yeah. this woman was shredded. And I've never gone from not caring about something to caring about something so much with the diamond mine these past couple of weeks yeah. between the Creed Brothers and now Ivy Nile. It's like Malcolm Bivens is like slowly starting to turn this thing around. Very, very excited, right? Because we were talking about how we felt the diamond mine has flopped. I feel like that's been a common, you know, subject here on this show. And then last week they um they added the Creed Brothers. I, I love them. I'm with you, Alfred. I think they're amazing. Their style is so different, they look so badass. But Ivy comes in tonight, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And once again, I said it earlier, and I say it again, I'm here for women being part of these tables, yeah. and, and and they all look so amazing that they add to it. They just don't feel like, oh, we're just going to add a woman. No, they almost feel like they completely changed the atmosphere and, and the vibe of these particular tables that they're joining. I think Ivy, it's like she's nobody to be messed with. I think she's going to end up kicking all of their asses, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I could see it. Um, well, hey, look, uh, Malcolm Bivens taking his uh, his surname from the best member of Belviv DeVoe. I'm ride or die with Diamond Mine. Uh, so it's good. I'm glad to see them finally coalescing and coming together and doing something a bit more. I feel like it's been a bit lost as far as uh, stable has gone. Justin Lopez 2.0499 saying I'm over for the Creed Brothers. These guys fit a whole lot better than Tyler Rust did. Oh yeah, yeah, agree. Times better, and yeah. Also, also, Ivy had a diamond shape in yeah. shaving to her head. Like that's that's dedication right there. Take that, Mandy Rose. If you're gonna do something with your hair, go all the way. Like shave a rose or something in your head. You know. We need yeah. to bring back shaving stuff into your head. In 1991, no, 1990, I shaved a line around my head. Didn't realize at the time that it looked like I had like a lobotomy, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but you know, shave my. See my eyebrows because you know it's face of vanilla ice trendsetter in uh in men's fashion. You Amazing. Know? So well, Drake I think... shaved the heart into his head for so Oh, there you go. In terms of yeah, it's back. Shaving yeah. stuff into your head is back. I'm gonna shave the new NXT logo on my head for next week. No, please don't. You know, you can also have like different hair colors like dyed in yeah, your I'll do that too. Like, I'll, yo, I'll that'll be so well. epic. That will be so epic. <laughs> you know, if a fan out there wants to get the Wrestling Inc. logo shaved in their head, Raj Geary will probably retweet it. Oh, wow. That's it. That's worth it. Just right there. And there. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give it a like, too. How about that? Oh, there me you too. go. Me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> okay. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. Oh my God, do we have to talk about this? So we had a vignette tonight for a wrestler that, look, I have no idea who they were. I have no idea who they are. But they started, like, I'm not going to do the accent, but like. Do the accent. Uh, you commit, Glenn Rubenstein. And I went back. I, some people might find it offensive. I don't know why, but some people might find it offensive. But um, I went back and watched this like three times. Somebody uploaded it to YouTube. I showed it to my wife when she came in the door. I was like, she's like, do you love this or hate this? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either. Maybe both. Um, I, I hate how much I love it or I love how much I hate it. Uh, so we had 
uh, a vignette. We had a, a man on the street wearing a, a cap talking about his connected family who has ties to the, the sanitation industry, the fish markets, the meat markets. And he had to go out and make his own bones, his own name in the world of amateur wrestling. But as his family smartened him up, no money in amateur wrestling. The real money's in NXT. And so now yeah, he's okay. going to make his mark. Um, and then we we cut. And under, by the way, underneath like the music, like the most bootleg theme from The Godfather you've ever heard is yeah. playing underneath this. Um, like this had all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. And his name is Tony D'Angelo, who's going to be coming soon to NXT. Um, I'm trying to think of the most stereotypical character professional wrestling has had in a while. And this might be it. I mean, yeah, it was just, it was very generic. It was exactly what it was. It was like, it was like before they thought of the character, they just thought, okay, how many different Italian stereotypes can we fit onto this segment? Okay, now get this guy to do it. And I, I thought it was unintentional humor, really. I, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. But I don't think they were going for humor, which is uh, what might be a problem with this character. But if they get a little self-awareness, he could be very funny, but very, very generically in terms of, how they're presenting him as this Italian-American. There's no heart to this. It's just, you know, a guy who says he's from Italy. His family has ties to the sanitation business. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I had three thoughts about, as I was watching this, Glenn. I felt like you. I was like, I don't know if I love this or hate it. The first thing I thought about is like, he looks like he loves deep dish pizza. Like, you can tell this guy eats a lot of pizza. I don't know why. That's the first thing that I thought about. <laughs> the second thing that came to <laughs> second thing that came to my brain was like if we don't do a segment in which somebody's trying to find his family secrets and they find nothing like Gerardo did with freaking Al Capone we have a missed opportunity here <laughs> and the third thing that I actually my serious take here I popped for was when he said that you know amateur wrestling is not where the money's at if you like read brock lesnar's book he had the opportunity to go compete in the olympic team for professional wrestling he was like no like olympic athletes make no money i'm going to wwe it's true sports entertainment is where the money's at so i i, I pop when he said that but here's what i need for tony d'angelo i need him to be called up to the main roster i need him to be paired with carmella <laughs> Follow no. me on this. It all makes sense. Okay. 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 And before we find out about the family secrets or lack thereof, then I need Chad Gable reinvented once again, who befriends him and tries to get in with Tony D'Angelo. And we and he starts, you know, connecting with Carmella and he develops a romance with Carmella, Carmella. And then we find out, uh, you know, a couple months in that he's really doing a Donnie Brasco and he's working with the FBI to investigate Tony D'Angelo's family. And Carmella finds out and she's like, Gable, everything you told me is a lie. And he, and he goes, no, everything I told you was a lie, except for the fact I love you. That was the truth. <laughs> oh, Emmys. Emmys all around. And Emmys then we get everybody. the feud. We get the match, the blow-off match between Gable and D'Angelo. You know, and G Gable's like, I got the evidence on you, pal. The things I found out. He's always like, he gets exposed wearing a wire. There's so much they could do with this. As long as there is a deep dish pizza date, I'm in. <laughs> And I will take this bet. I will take a $100 bet. I have to limit the amount of bets I make on this. A $100 bet that his first T-shirt is a knockoff of the Godfather logo. Ooh, oh, I'm not betting on that because you're, you're probably right. Yep. I think it'll have the Italian flag. It'll be, it'll be red, blue, white. It'll have that kind of thing. But that's a good bet. And maybe his tagline will be legitimate businessman underneath. You know? <laughs> 
Or maybe um, that's like lasagna, but it's, there's gonna be some kind of food on this on this chart too. There is someone creative, probably Vince, who's like, no, this is a more serious, legitimate Enzo Amore. Oh, I was thinking about this. That's all I was thinking about. This just made me think of him. Do we get him coming back to NXT? The OG has enough time passed. We should uh, at this point, but no, Enzo. Here, if you go back and watch Enzo's first promo, Enzo wasn't introduced like this. Enzo came in and cut that promo. Everybody says a bunch of fugazis. Everybody says they're a real Gito, a real G steps in the room and they got his ass kicked and he was, you know, doing the Jersey shore thing. And it was weird, but it worked in a strange way. And then it took on a life of its own um, with, with uh, Tony D'Angelo. This is just, I mean, why didn't they just go all the way and call him Tommy mafia? Like <laughs> commit, go all the way, right? Be, forget about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he's from Chicago. He's not from Brooklyn. So let's just, let's get it real. He's finishing, finishing move is going to be an offer you can't refuse. You know, I mean, come on. Let's just go all the way with this. This is what's happening. This is where it's going. But mark my words, Tony D'Angelo, your future is bright on the Wrestling Inc. podcast because I have so many feelings and thoughts about this. And tonight is just the starting point. And if you think, oh, my God, Glenn, you're talking about this for 10 minutes. Oh, if I had more time tonight, I could do an hour on Tony D'Angelo. We could do an entire podcast on Tony D'Angelo and fantasy booking and talking about where this is going to go. So strap in, everyone. There's a new superstar in NXT 2.0. And he's, uh, he's making a name for himself on the scene. I can't wait till he opens a casino in Las Vegas. Absolutely. <laughs> this is what the character's missing. It needs somebody enthusiastic about it like Glenn, who has all these ideas that they could try with him. And his yeah. accent sounds like he watched. I was thinking originally the like 1991 movie Mobsters, starring Richard Grieco and like uh, Patrick Dempsey when they were playing like Bugsy Siegel and stuff as young men. And then I was thinking about Anthony LaPaglia and Betsy's wedding. And I was thinking that's who we watched to study his accent, Anthony LaPaglia, oh. who's Australian, who was playing a mafioso caricature. That's I think where where this all came from. Good lord, yes. <laughs> He put a lot of thought into this. Because I was listening to how he was talking. I was listening to how I was talking. I was like, this isn't even someone who watched The Godfather. Like, this is someone who watched, like, a parody of The Godfather and then came up with their character. That's what this felt like. This felt like a parody of what they were actually doing. And, like, I don't think that's what they were going for. It really felt like he did that take. They're like, okay, good job. But next time, do it like you mean it. But they used this take. They used the take that he didn't mean it. Yeah. Let me just say this right now because I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, don't tweet at me like he's actually Italian, like fifth generation of Italian American. I get that. Vince McMahon, everybody. So for whatever quote unquote accuracy is out there, that's not what Vince, that's not what VKM's looking for, baby. Right, right. I was gonna say, you're onto something. I, I think he was the most tweeted about thing outside of the obvious wedding and that championship match. I think he sparked a reaction on everybody on social media tonight. Everybody had to tweet something about this guy. Well, this is batshit crazy that somebody was like, this is the character that NXT 2.0, we're going to tease one character tonight, one thing to get the kids excited. All you wrestling fans, you want to see the direction we're going in? Have we got something for you? Yeah, I mean, and, and they're probably looking at Roman Reigns playing this final boss character, thinking, well, it's going to work. Look, it's working for Roman. But the reason why it works for Roman is because it's not so obvious. He doesn't feel like that's what he's playing. So, you know. Yeah, this is going to be something. Okay, let's... So that was my main event tonight. For other people, they might consider the main event, the Fatal 4-Way, for the vacant NXT title, where we had Pete Dunn versus Tommaso Ciampa versus LA Knight versus Von Wagner. 
who replaced an injured Kylo Riley. Vaughn Wagner. Never heard it was, you know, it came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And um yeah, it was I was shocked that he was so quickly inserted into uh, such a main event role. And this led to a lot of consternation of people thinking that Von Wagner very much indeed might be uh, the next world champion because he was tall. He kind of reminded me of Jack Swagger at some points. Yeah. Hmm. Is this good. The, I didn't think about it. That's good. Is this the guy from a distance we all thought like two years ago? Like, oh man, ZZ from Tough Enough got in shape. No, oh, this is God. the guy that has been in like every security segment for the last like two and a half years. <laughs> every well, time security comes out, he's there. <laughs> he's making his way up in the world because tonight getting this opportunity, this was crazy. Important Bon yeah. Wagner for how he was introduced in that Kyle O'Reilly is getting beat up. He just jumps in. I didn't recognize who it was. And then William Regal does his big lead up. Kyle O'Reilly will not be in here. But taking his place is going to be the guy who saved him. And it's like... Von Wagner! <laughs> Nobody did anything. And everyone off camera, on, who the F is Von, Von Wagner? Wagner. <laughs> it's a major league moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but that aside, uh, Alfred, what did you think of this championship match? Oh, that was fine. Uh, this was another match that was very quick uh, in terms of for a main event. I thought they were going to take much more time for this match. But then as I saw, the show was being paced and that they were going to do the wedding last. Uh, this match clearly wasn't going to get all that much time considering it was a world title main event, which I do think hurts the title that it's vacant. And now you're going to have this um, match that's not even going to be able to headline over a comedy wedding. I thought that was bad for the title. But hey, I thought the match was fine. I thought Von Wagner looked just fine. You know, I wish they would have done more before introducing him into the spot. Uh, he, he didn't look kind of uh, a green in some points, but I thought he looked just fine. I, I could see what they see in him, uh, but it was good. And listen, uh, Tommaso Ciampa won this title, so a lot of people are paranoid that in Vince McMahon's NXT, the big guys are going to go and overrun. We saw a lot of big guys lose tonight, and Tommaso Ciampa is still NXT champion. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Tommaso Ciampa had the least odds of winning going into tonight, so it was a good kind of shock. I'm never going to be mad. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa being the champ. I love his first ring, you know, Goldie, Daddy's Home, all of that. I just felt like he hasn't done anything significant in so long that I didn't really put him on top of my, oh, he's winning kind of list, you know? I really, really thought that this was going to go to Pete Dunne. I was very shocked that it didn't. Yeah. I think it was like LA Knight who took the pin here as well. Two pins in one night makes you a little worried for for LA Knight. Um, but I, 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 I didn't like that the match was so fast typically nxt a championship match when they do it on tv they give it a lot of time and they let these guys really go out there and put you know an amazing match that being said i mean we'll see where it goes i just hope that somebody gets some sage and like like i don't know champa's wife please cleanse that title because that title has some weird voodoo stuff going on i blame scarlet we haven't seen her the title has been a little bit of a mess after that maybe she put some evil spell on it before she left somebody needs to do a cleansing of this title i'm willing to do it champagne i won't even charge you just saying that would be fantastic storytelling. <laughs> now now that's what i want the story to be because there's a lot of people who are skeptical about whether or not samoa joe really is all that injured and i know what they're telling is that there is some weird voodoo that uh you know the Based on Tommaso yeah. Ciampa winning, once he won, I was like, okay, Samojo's really injured. Like, that's what convinced me. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have like a backup plan because I go before the Samoa Joe announcement, I thought Pete Dunn was going to win and he would go on to face Samoa Joe. I'm not going to speculate on what's going on with Samoa Joe being at work or not because he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to injuries. I just want the guy to be okay. 
that that's where I'll leave it at. But I I have seen a lot of speculation online in regards to what's going on with Samoa Joe. Yeah, you don't cast Brian Dennehy as the lead in your movie unless you're 100 convinced he's the he's the man for the part. And with Tommaso Ciampa, the Brian Dennehy of NXT 2.0, I think uh, we saw tonight yeah. that he is the man. I really thought it was going to be Pete as well, or I thought it was going to be Von Wagner because Cinderella's story. Like Vince is like, no, we're just going to blow blow the kids' minds. The internet's going to collapse. He's gonna say it's gonna break the internet. Wait, can you do that? Can you like he's gonna be the one that he thinks he came up with the phrase break the internet by putting Von Wagner by putting the title on him night one? I thought it was gonna be Kyle O'Reilly just to just because of Adam Cole. I I I was happy when they took him out of the match, but you know, Adam Cole went on his back for Kyle O'Reilly. You would think what's next for him has to be huge. I I really thought for a second, and I didn't want it, but I really thought for a second it was gonna be Kyle O'Reilly. But everything changed with this. No, maybe they took Kyle O'Reilly out of the match because of Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Uh, somebody needs to come up with the stat. Outside of an all-out squash match, I'm going to say this was the second shortest match ever for the NXT title. Had to be. I don't even know what the first is. I'm just guessing this was the second. I mean, it might be. I... Yeah. I mean, it was one I'm gonna of the go when we're done. Seen. Had to be. Did it even get a commercial? I don't think it got a commercial. Oh, it did. It might have gotten one commercial. But this was quick, one man. Commercial. Sav Capoferi in the chat saying, when was the last time Glenn smiled? You could not wipe the smile off my face watching Tony D'Angelo tonight. <laughs> rewatching <laughs> it, rewatching it. Actually, I would alternate between a look of horror and smiling, but I was smiling nonetheless. <laughs> Oh my uh, God. <laughs> people, like this is have you guys found this especially with social media y'all read some weird shit into our tweets and the things we say i'm tired of like oh glenn hates AEW, glenn hates wwe glenn hates nxt like i don't know how you can watch this show and think that you know i mean i think any biases we have are kind of clear but it's weird to me when somebody gets it wrong because I almost just want to yell, like, no, I'm an NXT mark. Like, second is SmackDown, AEW is third. I like what AEW stands for. It's just not my favorite thing each week. I don't keep up with it as much. But it's like with NXT, you know, a kid with, with love. I mean, I, I do a lot of what the kids call shit posting uh, and a lot of like dumb trolling and just funny things that come to mind. But it's like, no, NXT is what got me back in to professional wrestling. Yeah. I am NXT for life, man. Yeah. I don't know who will say that. Even last week, we said you couldn't be here because you couldn't deal with the thought of, you know, NXT yeah. 1.0 going away. It was too much for you and you couldn't handle it. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was reclaimed, <laughs> much like Paul Heyman on Friday. Reclaimed, <laughs> a Jewish stereotype, Joby. You say, how about they make a stereotypical Jewish character? Uh, Scotty Goldman, how soon we forget. Bill Goldberg, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> He's on my Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore of Jewish wrestlers is probably uh, uh, Colt Cabana, Goldberg, uh, Paul Heyman, and MJF. Oh my God. So Barry Horowitz Horowitz does not make the list? Nah, that's a little too too hokey for me. You know? Uh, So then after this main event and after Tommaso Ciampa wins the title, he's back with Goldie. We get the index wedding. We got a nice long video package recapping the story. This was just a fantastic reset for people that haven't been watching NXT to tell us this. This was um, like crazy. This was just absolutely crazy that they devoted 
this much time. Also, I just want to make this clear again, because I'm seeing in the chat, like, I'm not saying it's okay to make fun of Italians or do stereotypes or characters. I'm saying that's part of why I think this is batshit insane, is that they thought this was a good idea in this present day and age. I think it's insane to do this for anyone. And the fact they're doing this, taking it to the limit is nuts. Let me make that absolutely clear. But it's so nuts that it's like, I'm just, I'm, it's like a tooth. I can't stop flicking it. Yeah, you know what I mean? wrong with that. It's yeah. like cringe. You know what I mean? It's not like you're supporting any, any discrimination against Italians or whatnot. But this is, I think for the wrong reasons, very funny. I mean, yes, yeah. it, is, it is cringe comedy. Exactly. Uh, but no, let's talk about Index now. Uh, this video package. Fantastic. The love story. The setting, all the wrestlers out there, like a curtain call, like a party, like a dinner party with all your favorite NXT 2.0 stars. Um, we did the full entrance. Uh, to, that wasn't the bridal march, right? That was Pachelbel's canon that they uh, entered to. Uh, we had a preacher up there. We had Gargano giving away Indy. Uh, we had the preacher getting taken out. Beth Phoenix, uh, as, as she should, officiating. Um, Issa, what did you think of this whole segment? I'm very, very happy that Beth Phoenix ended up saving the wedding and not ruining it like Alfred has been calling for weeks. <laughs> um, love the video package. I mean, we've been following the story from the beginning, and even the video package still got me hyped up. So I can imagine somebody that might have tuned in tonight just out of curiosity getting behind it. I was so invested into this wedding. I didn't realize that until like when he opened his mouth to speak, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, wait. How am I this much into this story? The hatchet, that segment when, it, you know, if anybody has anything to say, he pretty much threatened everybody's life. I love, I, I thought it was so perfectly well done. Johnny Gargano did an excellent job playing the, the nervous dad. I really, really liked it. I, I I did wait for somebody to mess it up, but it didn't get messed up. And it was, it was great. It was everything I wanted it to be and more. Indy was a beautiful bride. And he spoke. He said, I do. He spoke. So I, built it to it. I, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I, I, yeah. It was a laugh of a minute for me. In terms of my personal enjoyment, I found this legitimately funny. I, I have not laughed this hard like watching wrestling for a while. Like Even the Cameron Grimes segments, which I love and stuff like that. They were fun. They were funny. But you know, I would laugh here and there. But like in terms of like uproarious laughter, in this segment alone, I, I don't think it's been matched. It was on the level, maybe not as good, obviously, but on the level of This Is Your Life with Mick Foley and The Rock. In terms of how long this segment was, the scripted segment that just keeps uh, going in terms of this wedding. And I like the fact the crowd was so into it. I think that's what really helped. It. Yes. <laughs> All the dark humor jokes that could have fell flat, you know, with the live arena who didn't really know this character. Uh, they were all on board with some of these lines that Indy Hartwell was saying and that like, yeah, people say that Dexter's a freak. I'm like, hell yeah, he is. And they talked about how like she started to say, one time he snuck into my room and like, oh, I know. There's so many funny parts of this wedding, like funny one-liners. I just thought that this was fantastic. Yeah, I also absolutely love um, Odyssey Jones um, taking this other guy out. Like, I love how everybody was so overprotective that this wedding was going to go on as planned. It was so such investment from everybody. You, it was just, it was awesome. It was great. And Beth Phoenix saved the day, Alfred, you evil man. Yeah, I was. I thought I was so. I, my heart was pounding because I was like, "Oh my god, she's gonna turn! She's gonna turn!" But no, she actually ended up saving the wedding. Good for Beth. I got I'm so nervous. Never it was so good. Thing, but, uh, this had more, more moving parts 
than anything I could think of in recent memory with people remembering lines and like choreographing it. I mean, they, they rehearsed this, they blocked this like a high school production yeah, yeah. of Annie. They ran this multiple times to make sure everybody was tight with it. And, and this Alfred, was... did you, did you pop for the rings when they figure out where the rings were? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, came <laughs> he saw this whole thing about yes. it. He up and opened his jacket. People went crazy for this guy. And like, we're <laughs> talking about Vince McMahon booking this. Like, hopefully they did see Ikimanjaro. Like, I don't think it's that much of a Vince or Kevin Dunn call that we're going to have this guy. People internally in NXT know that this guy is over to the level where he could just stand up, open his jacket. People will go crazy. And I just love that. I hope he gets more TV time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, even as we're talking about this, I'm like, I hate to say this because I, because again, I love NXT. Um, I think with the exception, I think I, I look, I'm going to say every week, they can always do more to showcase the women uh, in the women's division, but this was, this was an improvement. This was a better episode of NXT and NXT has been pretty good consistently. This is probably yeah. the strongest episode of NXT they've had in quite some time. This is what they should have, this style, maybe they, the names and the personnel would have been different. This style of NXT we saw tonight is what should have been going up against AEW because I felt like I was getting a different product. I felt like what I saw on this show is stuff that I'm not going to see on there. Even down to the hokey sketch, which was a very well done sketch. It reminded me of like a Saturday Night Live type sketch where yeah. like you were saying, yeah. Glenn, it was blocked. They knew where to go with the reactions and they had people talking and Johnny Gargano was just, his one-liners when he was heckling throughout that wedding was very funny. And I thought stuff like this, this episode is what NXT should have been when they was trying to compete against AEW. And yeah. after this, we had uh, Dexter and Indy, uh, after uh, pronounced husband and wife, picks her up and walks off. We zoom back from the TV where Tommaso Ciampa's backstage watching the wedding. Now, he was interrupted by Braun Breaker and they little face-off, teasing things. The only way this episode could have been better is when it zoomed back to Tommaso Ciampa, if he was making out with Goldie right there and then we just fade to black go off the air that would have been the romantic feel-good ending i needed that i needed that as well glenn i'm with i'm 1000 with you he even counted the days that it's been since he's held goldie i i wanted to see the wedding between index but the honeymoon between champa and goldie oh hey oh yeah. you know tonight <laughs> <laughs> I also needed to see maybe Damian Priest didn't make the wedding because he was like still backstage finishing the champagne with a couple of the bridesmaids in oh. the hot tub. That also would have been great continuity because he wasn't on the stage. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, he said he was there to party. So I would have loved to see him taking, stealing some of the bridesmaids and oh. going back to his hot tub. We've got <laughs> to, next week is going to have to have like the reception footage or yeah. something, right? Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have the honeymoon. Oh my god! And, and just kind of like how Stephen McMahon passed out, Indy Hartwell passing out is right up Dexter Loomis's valley in terms of that character. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone tonight, just make sure you're sending your offended tweets to the appropriate people on the podcast. That, Alfred said, "This is nasty." She's the NYC Demon Diva with one. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and uh, you know, let's just sort them out. Do not send them to Raj. Do not send them. Yeah, to we're Raj. not going <laughs> to. Raj doesn't need to know. Let's just say it's his night off. He doesn't need to know what we say around he's, here. He's just hanging out, watching wrestling for fun. Yeah, he probably you know was getting up to get a drink when the Tony D'Angelo promo ran. Oh, I hope uh, he missed out. Oh my god, I'm going to go back and watch. I'm going to watch it like ten more times tonight. Like. <laughs> There's so much there. Um, no, this was a fantastic episode of NXT. And I'm going to say, I've thought this for a long time. And tell me all what you think of this. I think there's something to be said for the auteur theory of having someone having complete creative control 
over something, right? You have your voice, you have your idea, what's your movie, your music, whatever it is, it's your art. Now, that can go fantastically well. We've had some of the best pieces of art ever made due to that, that approach. But sometimes, when you think about a director where it's like, oh, Kevin Smith, I used to love his movies. I never saw Red State or Tusk or things like that. It's like, yeah, because nobody was reining him in anymore and he just started doing batshit crazy stuff. And no one said, dude, like, this isn't what people want from you. So sometimes a little executive meddling can result in a better product because people are at their best sometimes when they have conflict, when they have restraints, when they have parameters that they're trying to work within and exceed with, uh, succeed within. And I think with NXT, Triple H's DNA was still all over this tonight. This still yeah. felt like it had a lot of the show, but the more TV things they brought to this tonight worked really, really, really well. And as long as we never go too far in one direction again, I think they can maintain this balance. No, I agree with that, Glenn. And I feel like that there was a thirst and there was this narrative that, you know, a lot of these fans are sharpening out that Vince is here to ruin NXT and it's going to be just like Raw. And I just don't think that that feasibly is going to happen. I think NXT is going to be what NXT has always really been. Anything, can anything be as bad as Raw? No. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing. One thing is physics and another thing is entertainment in terms of how NXT is. I think it's going to have the same core members in terms of running this product. But I do think that Vince is going to have a lot of these final says on terms of of certain people that want to be pushed or whatnot and really it's kind of always been like that maybe not to the extent right. right now but that's pretty much all WWE has been so a lot of what i saw on nxt tonight are things that i feel like i would only see in nxt and i'm not worried at all that this is going to become a main roster type show right. i would right. love to think that vince had a tough love moment with triple h when he said stop writing your show for dave Meltzer. he's never going to love you back the way you want him to. He's they in love with someone else. They had, they had an intervention on Triple H and they were like, you got to stop that. It's not going to work, you know? He's found someone else to love. No he more Indian guys, Hunter. Yes. Listen, I, I, I feel like NXT was a lot of fun tonight. I enjoyed it. There was just a few things that had me head scratching, but no show can be perfect at this point. Every show has one thing that we can improve on, right? But I will say the last few weeks, wrestling has been so much fun to watch all around. Wrestling, every company, every show has given us something, a really cool moment, a fun segment. Let's stop picking on things or being ready to hate something before we even give it a chance. And let's just watch it because I feel like all these companies are firing up at all cylinders and we should just be having fun, enjoying it, that wrestling is fun again. We had a whole year of a pandemic where wrestling was trash. So let's just have fun at the fact that everybody's giving us something good again. Yeah. Except Tony D'Angelo. Everyone should be talking about Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> thinking about Tony D'Angelo. Where is this going with Tony D'Angelo? You know, people should be outraged. People should be defending it. This is all wrestling should be talking about after tonight. Yeah. Will Tony D'Angelo yeah. be an NXT champion, Glenn? Um, eh, Any title. Tag team. Tag, tag, tag title. Oh, Got to get another Italian guy, though. I know. I know. Oh, my God. No, we cannot, we cannot have two of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone tweeted me who Tony D'Angelo is and what's his Twitter because I need to follow this man. Oh my god! Oh, I'm not sure. in person on social media, not in a Dexter okay, Loomis okay, way. Dexter Loomis. Yes, no. I need to. I need. I need to really do a deep dive. I'm going to make my own Tony D'Angelo T-shirts 
you know, to wear to NXT events. When I go to NXT events, I'm going to bring a sign. Twitter, the Twitter stand accounts with a weird like picture. It's going to be Glenn. That's Glenn's burner. It's going to be a Tony D'Angelo fan account. <laughs> it's Glenn. <laughs> for forever. <laughs> At Tony D'Angelo forever. Like, <laughs> and yet, I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm obsessed with it. It's very strange. I love it. See, now I can't wait. That's what she said. <laughs> this is the Tony D'Angelo era. It's his NXT. We're all just watching it. You know? I love it. I love how much into it you are. NXT two-point Tony is really what the show's gonna be. <laughs> Let's go. Here for it. Anyhow, folks, this was fun tonight. And I think we had a record high audience for yeah. NXT live tonight. This was really cool. Love yeah. it. Love to see it. I like NXT 2.0. So far, one for one. One for one. We should keep track of that. We should keep track of that every week. Let's see how long. Three out of 575. (laughs) 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 No, no, with Tony D'Angelo there, every week is going to be a hit. Period. As long as he's there. (laughs) I just can't wait to see what they do next with this. It's gonna go. It's gonna potentially be. So, I mean, it's gonna be so bad, but it's probably gonna be entertaining. So, I'm yeah. on board. Uh, okay. On that note, folks, she's at NYC Dima Diva. That's Diva with the one. He's at this is nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Bye now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.